God, what God's Word says, not what people think, not what we've always heard. And I'm not saying what we've always heard is wrong, but sometimes it is. And so we need to go to the Word of God and see what God says about it. What does God say about it? What does God's Word say about it? And I think that that will help us because... As your pastor, I want our church, and not just for our young people, but for every one of us at Old Pastor Baptist Church, I want us to know why we believe what we believe. I want us to know why we're doing what we're doing. We, we should understand that there's a cause here. We, we have, there's a cause and a reason why we do what we do. I would hope that we just don't do things just because, but that it's because of, of the reason that God has shown us. It's because God's Word commands us. So I want to cover these things, and I had debated on, well, when to, how do I do it? And I know we're finishing up the book of Acts. I'll probably wrap that up. I have just a couple more thoughts I want to give you on Wednesday night. Usually we do that on Sunday nights. And uh, then we just finished up chapter 15 in Proverbs, so we'll put that off a little bit because I know we've got afternoon services today. But instead of maybe jumping right into another book of the Bible, which I'm eventually will go ahead and do and pray about that, I want to start taking Sunday nights and just covering some of these topics. I think they're important for us. Um, to to understand, and so um, we're going to do that. Uh, so with that being said, I want to I want to start, I guess, with my verse. I'm going to read some verses in chapter 23, and starting in verse 29. If you go ahead and stand to your feet, we'll reverence God's word. I want to read down through the end of the chapter through verse 35. This is kind of where I'll take my text from. We'll actually go back to some of this, but we're also going to flip some other passages this morning. So just pray that God will. God will help us, all right? Pray God will help me help you, amen? I want to I wanna take my time on this. Uh, uh, I want to um, be as gracious as I can. I mean, I think I, I don't think it's it's that bad of a deal, but here's the sad part we're, we're dealing with today. You're going to be confronted with alcohol everywhere you go today. We, it just was a great reminder to me yesterday we were at that football game, how sad it is. You got a parent with a beer in one hand and a child in the other. You've got it just intoxication everywhere. It's all over the place. It's marketed all the time. And the sad thing is now we're having to contend with it in churches. And what people who claim to be believers are defining what is right and what is wrong. I want to give you, with the help of God, what God says. And I'm telling you, not I want you to make that decision based off of God's word, not just because what I'm telling you. And I believe that if we'll honestly, with an open heart, look at God's word and seek the help of the Holy Spirit of God, I believe we can all come with the same conclusion as to as to where it stands and what we should be doing, abstaining from, and why. So uh, just uh, let's trust the Lord to help us. But Proverbs 23, verse 29 says this, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babblings? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? Here's your answer. They that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth his color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, 
Shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. It's a word of prayer. Father, Lord, I love you. Father, I'm thankful I'm on the winning side as they sang today. I'm thankful that we have everything we need through Jesus Christ. Not only for eternity, but even to live this Christian life. God, I'm thankful for Old Pass Baptist Church and these precious people that are here today. God, I pray as we start to look into your word about a topic that is much discussion, God, would you give us complete wisdom from you, God? Would you give me clarity of mind, clarity of speech? Father, may it be clear. May it be profound. Father God, I pray that we unapologetically, Father, we would uh, claim the truth, Father, in a world that needs to know the truth. And I pray you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. My title of the message is, Why Am I Against Alcohol? So I thought I'd title it. I'm going to give you why I'm against it. I'm going to give you why I think as a child of God we should be against it. And I'll go back just a little bit, just for a moment of time, and it's just, you know, we, we realize this, and we talk about it, but boy, have times changed. You know, uh, just probably a hundred years ago, just, and really that's not that long, a hundred years ago, Brother Jason, pulpits were hammering out the danger of alcohol. Men of God were preaching against it. Uh, the, the difference being made through those men and churchgoers, the, hey, the, the, the market was, was suffering. It was at a, uh, at, at a, at a point to where it, was, it wasn't an easy way to go. Preachers all across America were preaching against alcohol. Now, the pulpits are silent. When's the last time you heard a message on it? When's the last time you've heard people attacking the fact of the danger that it, it has? Here's the problem. We've got it in the church. We've got it in pulpits. And we need not get away from what God says about it and His Word says about it. And the reason for that is this. This nation is consumed with alcohol. This nation is overrun with drunkards. They're not alcoholics, they're drunkards. The Bible calls them drunkards. The world's term is an alcoholic. They're a drunkard according to the Word of God. Just like the world says someone's gay, they're a sodomite. We need to understand the biblical meanings and understand that this nation... Hey, you go, you go with us on the 21st. You go to a football game today, one of America's traditions, one of the greatest, most popular sports out there. Hey, more there was more on the alcohol. We saw more drunkards yesterday than I've probably seen last year. And you say, preacher, listen, that's out there. And I'm not, I, I don't, and trust me, I'm going to be adamant in my preaching and I want to try to slow down. This is kind of against kind of how I do it. I want to make sure I, I'm gracious about this because I, I want to make sure we have time to understand this. And if this goes out, I want it to be understood on the web that people can understand what I'm saying. They're like, what did he say? I want it to be clear and precise. This nation is overrun with alcohol and it's affecting the church. And listen, I'm telling you, it's a work of the devil and people are being deceived by it and someone needs to stand up and preach thus saith the Lord again. Amen. 
Someone needs to heed the warning. Now I'm going to give you statistics I found through my studies. I'm going to give you verses. So I want you just to listen and we'll kind of go down through this today. I'm going to lay the groundwork. I'm going to maybe go to a little more in depth in some topics. If, if the Lord will help me, I'm still trying to study some things out and to make sure I've got a good holding upon it uh, that we'll cover in the days to come. We'll cover each one of these topics. But we are going to start with drink. We're going to start with alcohol. I want to give you some statistics. Six billion gallons of beer are consumed by Americans every year. Think we got a problem? This this nation's capital, they talk about caring about this country. You show me the hey, I don't believe any man is caring and any politician is caring about this country and the condition of this country until first I see a man standing against the bars and the ABC joints. Do we really care? Since 1999, wine producers in America have increased by 83%. Everywhere you look, it's there. We're confronted with it by this world all of the time, and sadly in the church. Let me tell you what I heard yesterday. I'm going to give you some examples. We were handing out tracts there, and this is before I started preaching, and people were coming through, and I gave a lady a track, and I had the tracts of Who Needs Religion? You know? And, and it's a great track because so many people think religion will save them. Religion will send you to hell. Jesus Christ will save you. She said, oh, I've got religion. I said, that's the problem. Religion won't save you. And she turned that thing and looked over. And immediately after that, here came another woman. And here's me with a beer in this hand. And I tried to give her a track. No, thank you, but I'm going to church tomorrow. It's where we are. It's where we are. I want you to know this morning why I stand against it. Now, for me, it's a little personal, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promote the devil, but I'm gonna tell you what. Most of you know this. God brought me out of a miry pit. I was a drunkard at one time. God saved me from it. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, such as were some of you, hallelujah. I'm thankful I am a were. And I know it's not good English, Brother Hostetter. But hallelujah, I am not any more one. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And he took it from me. He took it away from me. Hallelujah. He has replaced it and satisfied my soul with what is pure and right, Brother Jason. And I can promise you this today, around it, I don't desire it anymore because I'm a new creature in Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, for me personally, I've got a sore spot there because I know what it can do and I've experienced what it did to my life. Almost ruined my marriage. Almost ruined my life. I was a drunkard, and I do not say that with pride, but I'm telling you I do not know where I'd be today without Jesus. So number one, I'm against it because I know personally the effects it can have. Not going to fool me on the fact, well, in moderation, all these things, we're going to cover that. But let me tell you what, I know the, I know the deceptive, damaging effects it can have. But I want to give you also from the Bible why I'm against it. Where I stand, why I stand where I stand. And I want you, I hope with the help of God, and I'm not going to make you or prove to you, but I hope that through this and we get done, you'll say, Preacher, I stand where you stand. Because I believe as a believer we should. Number one, I'm against alcohol because of the deceptive effects it has. It is a deceiving work of the devil. Now I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 20. 
And look in verse 1. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Now, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm far from the brightest person. Brother David, I don't need many verses to show me that there's nothing good about it. It is a deceptive poison that the devil is using to ruin marriages and homes and this country. And to be involved with it, you are deceiving yourself and you're not wise. Listen, you know this and I know this. It has ruined millions and millions of lives. I'm talking ruined. There are men today that are in ditches, that are, that are alone, that have lost their wives and their families and their jobs and all that God could have given unto them because of alcohol. It's deceptive. No one ever takes their first drink and says, I want to be an alcoholic. I want to be a drunkard. But no, that first sip may take them to where they one day, Brother Richard, years down the road, Brother Jason, wake up with a life of disaster and sorrow because they've been deceived by the poison that it holds. I'm against alcohol because of the deceptive effects. It has ruined a many a man. It's ruined a many a women. It's ruined even a many a children. Listen, I'm telling you, it says here, wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. Listen, it didn't take, you should have been there yesterday. You'd have seen that. I saw people get so mad when I was preaching the word of God standing up there. <laughs> Listen, hey, I'm talking, hey, they acted, they were raging. Why? Because they were influenced by a poison. Their soul need listen, and I and I say this, and, and, and I've said this, we talked about it yesterday. We cannot understand. They need Jesus. I was where they were. They need to hear the truth. But listen, sinners sin in abundance when they get alcohol going to them. I did things I would have never done with a sober mind, Brother Jason. I said things I would never said, Brother David, if, if that stuff had not been uh, poisoning my system, Brother Richard. I was involved in things that I never would have gotten involved in had not I have had t taken some drinks before I did what I did. Got into fights, out of my mind, busted heads, busted noses, knocking people unconscious, getting hit in the head, coming home bleeding, all because of stinking alcohol. Yet, people are deceived by it. You say that? I preached yesterday and a beer in this hand rolling their eyes at that preacher. Who needs Jesus? $50 billion a year is made in this country off of alcohol. Now listen to this. We spend, and here's the problem. It's profitable. See, that's the problem with these politicians. That's the problem with these business people today. They're making money off of it. But they'll get up and say, we care about America. We care about this country. You care. If you really care about this country, why don't you get the number one leading cause that's destroying marriages and homes and causing death? It's alcohol. They're making money off it. But listen, $50 billion, how can we? How can we turn that away, preacher? 
They're making $50 billion a year in this country. You know how much they're having to put out because of the junk it causes, because of the, 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 the wrecks that are taking place. Hey, listen, when someone's drunk and gets involved in a wreck, the amount of money it costs when there's a death on the scene for people to pay to them, to it, it, all that stuff comes back. The, because of the effects of that $50 billion, we're paying $68.6 billion a year to deal with that junk. This country's going broke over it, and they think they're making money off of it. How is that? They're deceived. Every day, 70 people die because of alcohol. Yet, they still do it. How can they, preacher? They're deceived, Ben. They're deceived. And I stand against it today because of the deception it brings. New York City wants to put warning cans on soda. We talk about salt and cholesterol. I flunked my cholesterol test over at the fair. And I'm not saying that's not important. But listen, we're more worried about your cholesterol numbers than you are a, 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 a drunkard. Right. Listen, I think we ought to be healthy people. I think we ought to worry about our health. But I'm telling you right now, if we really cared about this, everybody, hey, we've got to worry about uh, the children. We've got to make sure they eat. Let's not, hey, oh, God forbid we give them chips in their lunch to take to school. We need to give them carrots. Ain't nothing wrong with carrots, kids. But I'm just saying, for goodness sake, we, we should give them chips. But yet, hey, let's, 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 for them to go to college when they get older and drink themselves right. into drunken stupors and have unmarital sex and catch venereal diseases and ruin their lives and have children out of wedlock. Yeah, let's go ahead and promote that. How can you? They're deceived. The leading cause of death between children 15 to 24 is alcohol. 80% of all suicides are because of alcohol. One out of ten people on every weekend that gets pulled over is drunk. 65% of all child abuse is because of alcohol. Now, I'm trying to be calm, but I'm ready to smack the pulpit. Because I'm telling you right now, that gets my blood boiling. We're blind and deceived by the devil in this country to think, hey, listen, they're talking about guns. You worried about guns? Guns doesn't stand a chance to what alcohol is destroying and killing lives every day. Amen. 86% of all murders are because of alcohol. They're deceived. They're deceived. How come is this country not screaming about it? Why are we not? Where are the preachers today? Because we got it in church. Amen. 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 How is that? We're deceived. Deceive not yourselves. Let's not be deceived. Listen, do you understand? 200,000 funerals every year are performed in this country. Funerals. Because someone died at the hand of someone else because of alcohol. 200,000 times, Brother Richard, someone stood over a casket weeping over their loved one. Sometimes it was children. Sometimes it was a wife. Sometimes it was a husband. Sometimes it was a family. Sometimes it was a family member. Sometimes it was a neighbor. That Brother Jason, they had a funeral. Their life was taken out because someone else was drunk on alcohol. 
sort of be going across the airwaves in America. But they'd never let me preach this thing anywhere else but right here. But I'm going to put it on the web. Hallelujah. Amen. Why are they shutting it down? Because they're deceived. They're deceived. America, listen to me, gives twice as much money every year to alcohol organizations than they do charitable events, charitable organizations and, and, and churches. And now you want to know why our jails are running over and why we go down to Shandoah Valley Juvenile Center and, we and hey, they're having to add on rooms. Listen, why don't you cut the alcohol out? You'll see those things take care of itself. That's right. Amen. In the book of Habakkuk, and I'm just going to give you these, like I said, I'm just going to reference some of these things. We'll turn to some, but I want to reference them because I want to move on, and this may take a little bit of time. I hope nothing over here is going to burn. If you've got to get up, do it. I'm going to finish the message, all right? I'm not going to cut this one short, so I mean, you're not going to bother me. Listen, after preaching to lost people like I did yesterday, ain't nothing you're going to do going to bother me, amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 15 says this. Now listen to the verses. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. And there's a comma right there. Every time we see a comma, that, that it verse within itself right there before I even go on. Woe unto him. Listen, woe unto you. Hey, listen, we, I saw dads with a beer in this hand and a child in that hand. When I was coming up, here's what they would say. I went to friends' houses because a parent said, I'd rather have you drink with me than go out drinking and driving, kids. And we sat around with parents and drank alcohol. truth. I'm going to give you some truth because some parents may not tell their children, but I as your pastor, I'm going to tell them. They're not saying you're not. But people need to hear it. I drank at 12 years old. I was in public school. Going home with some friends to a sleepover and the boy that I was with, his daddy was a, was a drunkard and he had it and said, look here. And we sat on top of a barn, even climbed up on top of a barn and drank my first alcohol at 12 years of age. Oh, but I was in church. I'm giving you truth. <gasps> How can that be? We're deceived. To think it's not that harmful. Woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink, that puttest the bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou may look on their nakedness. Now let me say this right now, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to say it, and I'm going to preach it because it's truth, and I'll tell because most of the girls in here are my girls, but I'm going to tell you right now, you ever have a young man want to give you alcohol, it's because he wants to get your clothes off. That's right. You hear me, and you hear me good. They'll do it. The verse says it. It's because they want to do something to you that you would never do if you were in your sober mind. That's right. You ever meet a young man, I don't care if he looks good, if he acts right and says it right, if his view on alcohol isn't strict, get rid of him. Amen. 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 Don't be deceived by a man offering you drink. I looked at poor girls yesterday, young ladies, staggering arms around that dirt ball with her. All he had was one thing on his mind. Hopefully later on after the game, she's so intoxicated I get her clothes off and have my way with her. That's what we're having in this country today. And then they're getting up and trying to go to church on Sunday. Amen. And you got a pastor in the pulpit doesn't want to touch it because it's too controversial. I'm preaching today, man. It says there in that verse 2, and understand this, and this is something we'll get into it later, but woe unto him that giveth his neighbor drink. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ never offered alcoholic wine at that, at that wedding. 
because Jesus Christ never sinned. He is God robed in the flesh. Amen. People try to use, well, Jesus, you'll never find this Bible where Jesus drank wine. You'll never find it. you never find where he offered anything of an alcoholic form to cause anybody to be a drunkard. If so, it would have been sin. Amen. There's nothing you'll find in here. Listen, there's nothing you're going to find in this Bible that's good about it. Yet, people are deceived by it. Amen. Here's the problem we got today. People don't mind a drinking preacher. Amen. That's right. They don't mind. Hey, they, they want to go to a church where he's kind of wishy-washy owner or maybe, hey, it's not that big of a deal. Listen, hey, if you've got a man who, who claims to be a preacher and, and, and he'll drink alcohol, he's not God's preacher. Amen. I can take you to Proverbs 31 where old King Lemuel and it talks about him as a leader and listen to me, hey, we're, we're princes and we're kings. Hey, we're, we're part of that royal priesthood and it says it's good for them to drink no wine. Amen. See, I just don't want to touch that subject, preacher. It's something we ought not preach on. And I made up my mind. I, we ain't got any, any guests, but that's fine for me. But I mean, pretty much everybody here, we're home and that's fine with us. But I said, hey, if guests come, I'm going to preach it. Amen. Amen. It's all through, listen, it's all through the Bible. It's affecting our churches. Alcohol is of the devil. It's deceptive. People have become, this nation has become deceptive over it. We've been deceived over it. Uh, uh, Christians are being deceived by it. There's no fear of it. I'm going to get that in a little bit uh, by young people today, and it's destroying this country. Why am I against alcohol? Because of the deceptive effects it has. Number two, I'm against alcohol because of the destructive effects it has. Go back to our text. Look in verse 29, what it says. Who hath woe, now count them, I underline them in my Bible. Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? Six times you'll find there's nothing good about that stuff and it all comes from alcohol. Listen, Alcohol has been the cause of more divorces, more deaths, more discord, more destruction than anything else. Than anything else. Six Hey, listen, six things. Look at them. Six things found there. Six things. Woe, sorrow, contentions, babbling, wounds without cause, redness of eyes, nothing. There's no joy in that. There's no goodness in that. All an effect of alcohol. There's nothing good. Why you want to mess with it? There's nothing good about it. There's much destruction with alcohol. Listen, it not only will destroy individuals, but it'll destroy a nation. And we're seeing it destroy the very nation we live in. Let me give you scripture. Isaiah 28.1 Woe to the crown of pride, to the drunkards of Ephraim, whose glorious beauty is fading, is a fading flower. We're seeing the country that men died for and shed their blood and those that wanted to found this country off of the Bible fastly fading away. And I'm telling you, alcohol is a root cause of it. Which are of the head of fat valleys of them that are overcome with wine. That's what it says. Isaiah 28, 3. The crown of pride, the drunkards of Ephraim, shall be trodden under feet. Nahum. 
For while they be folding together as thorns, and while they are drunken as drunkards, they shall be devoured as stubble full dry. Isaiah 5.22 Woe unto them that are mighty to drink wine, and men of strength to mingle strong drink. Proverbs 14.34 Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And that's where we are. This country is being consumed with the sin of alcohol. And it's destroying this nation. When a nation becomes overtaken with alcohol, it's going down. Let me give you a history lesson that I'm going to teach you in the public schools. World War II with Germany and France, they were at a standstill for quite some time. Here's what's not being told to you. You have to dig real deep to get hold of the history in it, but it's there if you look hard enough. The French soldiers, on the German side, there were strict rules because they were in war. Strict things they could and could not do. On the French side, they were drinking and partying, soldier after soldier having to go to the hospital because they were in drunken stupors. Things happening, Brother Jason. And the Germans waited till they got so stinking drunk. When they attacked, that's why they were overtaken. You can study it in history. You have to dig deep for it. But you're not going to find it in your public school books. Because why? Because we're deceived by this garbage. But I'm telling you right now, that nation went down because those soldiers were too drunk to fight. And I'm telling you, a nation that is overcoming alcohol is going down. There is no good in it. It will destroy your life if you get involved. You, you hear me, young people. Part of the reason I do want you to go out there uh, like we did yesterday, and I hope you boys get a chance to go, I want you to see the sorry effects that it has because what the billboards say and the television says and the commercials say and how the devil markets it, it's a whole lot different than when you see it in reality and you see them puking their brains out and you see girls, hey, that end up pregnant because of one night stand and you see guys that are beaten to a pulp, hey, and you see people going to jail because of it. You see families ripped apart because of it. The world don't want to show you that. The devil don't want to show you that. But you go out and begin to reach people with Jesus. You'll see real quick and I hope you do. This is something I never want to mess around with. Right. Amen. Amen. It will destroy you. It will destroy families. It will destroy marriages. It will destroy a nation. Stinking bars, listen, and they call them a spirit places now. You better be right, you better believe it's full. it is full of spirit, wicked, demonic spirits. That young man that stood at me yesterday when I stand up there preaching the gospel, he is full of demons. Hey, he got hollering. Hey, he got so mad telling me to be quiet and he wasn't being very nice with his words. But I'm going to promise you this right now there's spirits in that garbage, and you don't believe me, you're going to see it yesterday. That's right. Am I telling the truth? These bars, listen, they're tools of destruction. You ought to put, listen, put, put warning label. Put, I mean, New York City going to put a warning label on a Coca-Cola can or, or a big gulp, can't drink too much. Hey, they ought to be putting signs on the bars out there that they walk up and down. Warning, out of here last night, a drunkard killed a child. Warning, out of this place last night, a man beat his wife. Warning, out of this place last night, a person got a venereal disease. Warning, out of this place last night, someone come there and got pregnant because they didn't want to. Warning, this is a place that will destroy you. That's what ought to be happening. Yet they promote it. Amen. 
Alcohol has destructive effects. Loss of life. Loss of joy. There's no joy in it. I'd have to get drunk and I would, I would think I was living it right and I would wake up and then I would have to live with the consequences and I would convince myself until I had to do it again. Amen! Now, I'm not promoting the devil, but I'm telling you, we need to lay it out there because for whatever reason, I'm telling you, people are inferring it and when you look at what God's Word says over the deception of it and the destruction of it, we ought to be ready from it. Loss of life, joy, marriages. Don't eat too much salt. Don't eat McDonald's. Listen, when's the last time you heard a man beat his wife because he had too many cheeseburgers? That's right. Amen. But I guarantee you, somewhere last night, somebody affected somebody because of these drunken stupors they in that 26 some thousand people that are having a great time. You're right. Amen. I'm against it. I'm against alcohol because of deceptive effects. I'm against alcohol because of destructive effects. I'm against alcohol, number three, because of the defiling effects. Go to chapter 14, verse 34. I read it to you, but we'll just take a look at it, and then I want to I go to another passage. But Proverbs 14, 34 says this, Righteousness exalteth the nation, but, here, but sin, see, is a reproach to any people. All right? Now with that, go back to 31. Go all the way back to 31. Verse 4 and 5 of Proverbs. This is old King Lemuel. We know this. Proverbs chapter 31. She's writing to her, to her son, but look what she says for the sake of time. Let's read verses 4 and 5. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Hosea 4.11 says this, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. Here's where I want you to see, listen, alcohol defiles the heart. The heart's defiled, sin's going to come. Amen? It takes away the heart. You get a husband, ladies, at a drink, it'll take him away from you. And he'll set his eyes on another one. You take a lady, she'll drink. Hey, listen, I see, hey, and it's just not me, and I saw many a drunkard women yesterday. She'll get more loose as she ever has, and hey, she'll leave. Her heart will be taken away from you, man. She'll go looking for another. Amen. Right. Hey, you let it. You 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 don't you don't warn your children enough about it and the dangers of it. Hey, you let them get home and start fooling with it. There's a many there's a many a drunkards tonight today that started with their first sip around a campfire with their buddies sipping on a, one beer. You let them fool with it. I'm telling you, it'll take their heart away. From their family, from things that are right. Amen. It'll take the heart away. Get into a good church. Listen, there's been people, hey, there, there have been there have been pastors that have gotten involved in alcohol. I'm talking preachers that today no longer have a ministry. It'll take it away from you, and it'll take you away from it. It's dangerous. Alcohol calls you to turn your heart away and walk out on them. That's sinful. <laughs> 
Anything, listen to me, anything that will steer your heart away from God is sin. Amen? There's a defiling effect of this stuff. Anything that can, listen, anything that will defile the heart, I do not want to be part of. And I don't want to say it's okay. We should, listen, you say, preacher, I don't know if I agree with everything. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you the Bible, but let me tell you this right now. There's something we should all agree on, and that's this. We should all agree that alcohol can lead to drunkenness. Well, let me show you this. In the Word of God, drunkenness is sin, and drunkards ain't entering the kingdom of God. That ought to be enough right there, amen? Think about it. Listen, it's not a disease like the world says. It's sin. It's sin. It's not a disease. Oh, well, that disease of alcoholism. No, that is a lie of the devil and the world. It is sin. And it defiles the heart. And a heart that's defiled by alcohol will cause you to do things that you never would do or say when you're sober. Now turn to 1 Corinthians. Let me give you this passage to go along with what we're looking at here. Like I said, we'll be going back to Proverbs. But I think this is important for us to understand, especially in the defiling aspect and especially what we're looking at on this, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in verse 9. Look what it says here. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay? 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Now here's what he says. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, that's sodomites, that's your queers, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor, what's the next word? Drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Listen to me. Drunkenness is not a disease. It's a sin. Drunkards are not going to enter into the kingdom of God not because of disease. You don't enter into heaven because of sin. Amen? Don't let the world downplay it. You'll know that hey, there are people that have diseases. Listen, that they, they can enter in and be gloriously saved. It's not a disease, it's sin. That's why drunkards will not enter in. And a sin, it, sin is a heart issue. It's a heart issue. And I'm against, listen, I'm against alcohol because it defiles the heart. It defiles the heart. Look at verse 11. And, and listen, look, look, here's what it says in verse 11. It says, and such were some of you. See, he's talking to believers. You're not that anymore. I'm not a drunkard anymore. Hallelujah. I got gloriously saved, Ben. I'm not dabbling in it anymore because that was a war in my life. Praise God, David. I'm changed. Amen. 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 Such were some of you. But ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Amen. 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 I'm telling you. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now go back to chapter 23 and verse 31. Chapter 23, verse 31. People say, well, preacher, I do it in moderation. I don't have a problem. I'm not a drunkard. Listen, you ought not even look at it. How do you know? The Bible tells me. 
says in verse 31 of our text, Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. There's your moderation. Stay away from it. You ought to get as far from it as you can. Amen. Listen, you get friends. Hey, you young people hear me. Listen, hey, we, we, we don't know everybody uh, that, that you get around. We do a good job of trying to protect your hearts and souls. But listen, hey, you never know. It may be on the job one day and you get up, Morgan and Ben, you get up and you get, next thing you know, somebody's trying to break out some alcohol and want you to partake. You better get as far away from me as you can. Right. I don't care if they left you. You take off running. Get out of there. Amen. amen. Get out of there. Amen. Amen. Well, moderation's okay, preacher. I don't see it's a problem. Huh. Interesting. So do you fornicate in moderation? Do you think committing adultery in moderation is okay? I'm asking you that. Do, do, you, do you think other gods, having other gods in moderation is okay? Then why would you try to justify alcohol in moderation? When it destroys just like those things. Because you're deceived. I'm against alcohol because it defiles the heart. My last one is this. I'm against alcohol because of the detrimental effects. Look at Proverbs chapter 23, verse 32. Everybody okay? And when I say you, it may not be you, but I've got to preach it that way. There may be somebody listening to this message, it's them. I don't know your heart. I don't know where you are. But I don't want you deceived by it. I don't want you destroyed from it. I don't want these young people to think that this preacher's okay with it. Because I'm not. Amen. Because I know the effects. They're destructive. They're deceptive. They're defiling. And listen, they're detrimental. Look what it says in our text, Proverbs 23, verse 32. At the last, it biteth like a serpent. That's interesting. <laughs> the analogy of strong drink and alcohol is with a serpent. And we know that the serpent is a representation of Satan. He's behind it. Right. Look what it says. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. It's pretty detrimental. Alcohol is poisoning the future generations. I watched young people by the droves yesterday consuming alcohol to a drunken stupor state. And it befuzzles my mind. I can use that word. I've used it before. I'm using it again. Amen. I'm going to go with it. Completely befuzzles me, Brother Jason, that their parents would pay for them to go do that. Especially if you're saved. Send your children away to a place like that. You're deceiving yourself. You don't think it's not going to happen to them. Amen. It's poisoning the future generations. The wor- Listen, here's, here's why I say that. I cannot tell you how many times I saw children held by the hand of a, of a parent drinking alcohol yesterday. I saw younger children, 11, 12 years of age, they were walking with mom and dad, beer in their hand and Parents going to the game to live it up. Watched a young lady with alcohol in her hand playing soccer with her child. Having a good time. 
You know what they're doing? They're making alcohol part of life today. And this younger generation has seen no fear in it, and it's destroying them. It's just, and then when a preacher comes along and begins to tell them the effects of it and the danger of it, they laugh. Because, listen, they watch mom and dad do it. They watch so-and-so say it's okay, and, and they've seen that. And listen, I'm telling you right now, it's destroying. It's destroying. It's detrimental to the future generation. It's deceptive. Because of the deceptiveness of alcohol, listen, it's not acknowledged as terrible anymore. I'm telling you, this ought to be, we ought to be preaching. We ought to be preaching and preaching from the pulpits. There ought to be preaching all across the pulpits about alcohol. You don't ever hear it. You know what you hear? You hear them making jokes out of the pulpit about it. That bothers me. They're downplaying it. I'm telling you, with what we know already, I hope, and what we're going to look at in, in, in the days to come, it ought to, it's terrible. <laughs> It's not good. It should be something that's feared by these young people, not encouraged for them to do. And yet by the droves yesterday, young adults drinking. Because they feel that they got to do that to have a good time or they've got to do that to fit in. Let me tell you what the guy on ESPN, they made a big deal about ESPN College Game Day coming to town and the producer of that great show was a graduate of James Madison University and they interviewed him and here's what he said. He said, well, I haven't been back since I graduated and I spent Monday through Thursday studying and Friday through Sunday partying and I believe that's a good balance. I believe that's good. It teaches them the real life. and it That's what that guy said. And they're hailing him. You can go read it. I read it in the paper. People read that and think, hey, this is the thing to do. It's not. Hey, it's deceptive. It's dangerous. It's detrimental to your life and your future. And it'll send you to hell. Amen. We're seeing the values of, of virginity. We're seeing the values of, 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 of modesty go down the tubes because of alcohol. Amen. It's deteriorating the future generations. And yet people are sitting back not saying anything about it. Your head has to be in a deep hole if you think it's okay. And you're okay making an excuse for it to let your children be around it and be involved in it. And if you as a believer try to make excuses, that it's okay. I am sorry, but you need to go back to the scriptures and examine yourself as Paul said. Right. Amen. Romans 14.21 says this, It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. You know what we're doing? We're weakening the foundation of our young people. Hey, I'm telling Hey, it's not even good to do anything to cause your bro brother or sister in Christ to stumble. Listen, it, 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 it's, it's even more detrimental for you to do something that's going to cause your children to stumble. And they're, make, they're, they're, they're growing weak by the droves because, because why? The detrimental effects are being, it's being laughed at. It's being mocked at. It's being mocked at. I'm, I'm just telling you, it burdens my heart that believe I can't tell you how many we saw yesterday. Beer in hand. I'm good. I go to church. I'm saved. Brother Jason had them, didn't you? I know you told me. 
And for a believer to let your child go to a public school and a secular college in the day we're in, where it's being promoted. Because listen, don't tell me it's not happening in high school. It's happening in elementary school. That was back when I was a kid. Something's wrong with you spiritually. And I unapologetically say that because I care about you. I'm not being hateful. I'm not trying to, to go after. I'm, tr I'm telling you we need to have the truth given in, in a fashion. I'm as gracious as I can. And I'm not trying to condemn you. But I'm trying to give you truth. I'm trying to wake people up to understand you better wake up. Because it's detrimental in the effects it has. We as believers, listen, we ought to be sounding the alarm. We'll be throwing out the warnings as we watch the effects it has on youth and people and lives we know. Yet, we just simply sit back. Let me give you this and we'll close. In something in, in, in hermeneutics and studying the Bible, there's something called the law of first mention. Okay, This is in studying the Bible. What that means is this. When you come across in the Word of God something of first mention, the very first time it's mentioned in this Bible, you need to take great note at it because this is where God's introducing this. And as it goes, if it continues through the Word of God, take mention of the very first mention of it because God has a message within that of what that topic holds. Now, when you understand that and you look at alcohol... Let's go to the very first mention. Does anybody know where the very first mention it is in the Word of God? Noah. So with the, the, the proper study knowledge of the Bible, when we go to first mention, what warning would God be? Because there's a warning there. Noah got drunk, expo was exposed to his sons. His one son was cursed in that generation of people. I don't know about you, but that's the very first mention of it. That to me right there ought to put off a warning. That's what alcohol would do. It's not bothering me, preacher. i got to hold on. Yeah, what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. You better get a hold of it. Now listen, let's go to the second mention of it. And we're not going to go to the sake of time, so let me just give them to you. Where do you find it? Lot. Want to get gross? He had hey, fathered children from both his daughters because they got him drunk and slept with him. Close your ears, preacher. I don't want to hear that. It's in the Bible. Second mention. What's good about that? Nothing. What's good about with Noah? Shame. Cursed. Other generations. Their children. Third mention of it in the Bible. Nabal. Nabal died in a drunken stupor. That the way you want to go out? Is that the way you want to go? How about that James Madison University girl just back at the end of last year died in a drunken stupor and for about a week they was concerned about alcohol. They weren't too concerned about it yesterday because there was a bunch of young people drunk as drunk could be and I watched them. I sat at a gas station and watched them have a party. They were dribbling out into the road going to the gas station and cops rode by and didn't do anything. If they had a pulled in there they could have filled up the jail yesterday. They're not concerned about it. I'm telling you right now they're deceived. Next mention in the Word of God, David and Uriah. He tried to use alcohol to lead that man to his death. Absalom used alcohol to get his stepbrother drunk to kill him. John the Baptist was killed because of a drunken party and a comment being made. His head was taken off. The church of Corinth 
bunch of drunkards. Yes, that had to get right with God. People involved in that church that weren't saved and needed to get saved and needed to get right. And they were fooling things they shouldn't have been fooling with, Brother Jason. Now look, I'm, I'll stop there, but let me tell you, go through the, the, the law of first mention and you follow that through the Word of God. What good is it? What good is about it? Nothing. Why do we want to fool with it? Now I'll end with this. It says one out of every 17 people become a drunkard. Now look around. we got more than 17 people in here right now. Listen to me. I, as your pastor, don't want to ever say anything or acknowledge anything that would give you a green light to think that it's okay that you'd become a drunkard. And I would hope that you all would not want to be the cause that someone else in this church could look at you and what you're doing and use it as an excuse to become a drunkard. Chapter 23, verse 29 says this, Woe, who, who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babblings, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes, they that tarry long at the wine, they go, that go to seek mixed wine, look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent, it stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and their hearts shall utter perverse things. We saw that yesterday. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a man. They have stricken me, they shall, shall say, and I was not sick. They've beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. I'm telling you, church, I am against alcohol. Why? Because of the deceptiveness it has. Because of the destruction it holds. Because of the defiling effects it, it has as well. And because of the detrimental effect it has and it produces the hearts of people and the lives of people. And I hope I can say as we're done, listen, maybe maybe that'll help you. I hope it does. But I hope that, listen, even as we look into some other areas about it, for me, that's enough. To be honest. I'll be honest with you, for me, that's enough. Basically, why I'm going to cover things after this point is because it's questions people try to throw up at us, and I think we ought to look at them so we can have a biblical answer for them. But honestly, that message right there should be enough that you find no good in it whatsoever to support it in any fashion. Amen. 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 Jason, close that word of prayer, please.